You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, we're back with John Farragon to talk about a new development in the COVID-19 pandemic, the evolution of the Omicron variant of the virus. Thanks for being here as always, John. Thanks, Mariana. Good to be here. So, John, what do we know about this new variant as of now? Yeah, so I just want everybody to know, first of all, we're recording, you know, in, in kind of the early December. So this is kind of relatively new. So, so I encourage everybody, anything that we say today, I just encourage you to kind of keep up on, on the most recent data. But, um, but basically what happened the, uh, in the last week or so, um, the World Health Organization classified a new variant this B11529 as a variant of concern and, and named this Omicron. So I think many of us are probably aware and hearing about this on the news and, and um, uh, in the lay press. Uh, and also, you know, obviously scientifically too, there's a lot of data that's being, being collected. No cases of this variant had been identified in the US when we initially wrote this, but however, there are cases now that have been identified um, across various states in, uh, in the US. So it's very likely that, you know, um, that patients who are, um, uh, that this is likely circulating now in, in, the, uh, in the United States as well. And they're doing the best they can from the Center for Disease Control is really, to, is really following these details as, as in, the, in the, um, the identification of these new variants very, very quickly um, as best they can. They, they're, they're monitoring as many, as many variants as they can uh, uh, through, through PCR and then additional testing is done to see if it's the Omicron, uh, Omicron variant. So just so you know, if you go to if you go to a place and you get tested and you get a PCR test, not every single test is going to be sent off to for to see if it's Omicron or even when we had Delta. Delta is the, the obviously the big concern now as well. But just so you know, you're um, not every single sample that is tested actually goes out for further testing to find out what variant it is. Basically, what um, they take a sample of 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 um, of um, variants that are that are circulating in the United States, and then they figure out what roughly what the numbers are. So clearly right now, Omicron is a very, very, very small percentage. Delta, without a doubt, is probably 95 or close to 100% of the variants that are out there right now are, are, are going to be Delta. So again, just know that it has emerged in the United States, and we are following this very closely to see what it will mean for vaccine efficacy and what will it mean for monoclonal uh, antibody efficacy and what will it mean for disease and hospitalizations and ultimately uh, potential deaths, deaths from COVID, especially those those people who are unvaccinated. How was this variant first discovered? Yeah, so I think this is a great story about how quickly this information is being is being put out there. 
Um, and thank God we have some of the technologies that, that we have. Um, but Omicron was first discovered in Botswana uh, on November 11th, and it then quickly identified it in South Africa about three days later. So the big issue with this Omicron is the number of mutations. So everybody's worried about this is that it currently has 32 different mutations on the spike protein alone. So at one point a while back, we talked a little bit about variants and how there's different um, spike pro the, the spike protein has these different uh, mutations or amino acid changes that occur over time. So this one, out of all the ones that we know so far, it has the largest number of, um, of mutations on that spike protein. As an example, Delta, which again is the largest circulating virus right now currently in the United States, had about nine changes uh, on the spike protein. So we're particularly interested in these mutations because the question is, is does that change how the virus enters the, um, enters the cells? And could that increase transmissibility and potentially escape the vaccines or infection-induced immunity as, as well? Um, or could it increase severity with hospitalizations or, or death? So, so Omicron potentially has the potential to do all three. It could increase transmission. It could escape the vaccine or even infection-induced immunity, meaning your natural infection or your natural, natural immunity that you get if, if you were somebody who, who had gotten COVID. And also the big concern is that Will it, will it lead to increased hospitalizations or, or death? And again, when we see more mutations, that obviously makes people pretty nervous about that. So we know this because we've seen um, other mutations uh, and other variants of concern. Um, beta um, was one, alpha and beta, gamma, delta uh, being the one that's most common, I think, and the most, most well-known to everyone else. But I think the, the I want to say rapidity of how we're getting the data out quickly out of South Africa, I think really... It's quite a testament to the scientists there and also to the scientists at the CDC and the NIH who are really kind of trying to trying to gather this information and get um, as much information out as quickly as we can. Um, I don't want people to be, um, I, I don't want to use the word, but it's probably the most important word is freaked. I don't want people to be freaked about the variant because we, there's a lot we don't know. Um, and I think we'll find out more over, over time to see actually what happens. But, you know, nonetheless, I think we, we do have to kind of Kind of step back here and think about where we are with vaccinations and, and boosters and uh, all the things that we're doing to try to prevent COVID from pe for people. So what do all these new mutations mean? Are people at greater risk? Is this variant more serious? Yeah, so the, these are the things that I think we need to take a couple of weeks to kind of understand. And over time, um, as I said, you know, we're, we're learning about this every day. There's new information. Um, the combination of so many mutations and what that does to the, to the vaccine efficacy, I think is really the, the big concern. Keep in mind that the number of mutations doesn't always equal patients having more severe disease. While these important lab studies are underway, we can always carefully watch what's happening in the real world. I can tell you that um, uh, there are some issues in, um, in, in South Africa, um, in, in uh, Gaitang, where this region of, the, of South Africa, you can the, the test positivity rate has really gone through the roof. So, so my gut is that we're going to find that this is definitely more likely to be transmitted. Also, you have to remember too, that vaccination rates in those areas are not as well or not, not very good. They're nowhere near to what we see here in the United States of like roughly 60% of people being vaccinated. So again, I think, um, I think those are things to think about, but when you look at the curves of how fast these, these, these variants rise, Delta has, or Delta has a pretty steep, curve, but Omicron has the most steep curve that we've seen so far, uh, at least based on some of the, some of the cases out of, uh, out of South Africa. The question is the hospitalization and the death rates and all the things that we look at to see how sick patients are, there's always a two, three, even potentially even a four-week lag time by the time somebody's tested and they wind up in the hospital. So to determine severity of disease, I think we're going to have to figure that out. 
Preliminary reports suggest that, that, that this may be a milder illness than Delta. You may actually be more likely to get COVID, but it might be a more mild um, version of COVID. Um, and those are all things I think we have to kind of kind of kind of figure out um, to make sure um, that we're that we're doing the right thing. But that Gaiting province is really where a lot of the a lot of the, some of the preliminary data has come out of, and and the numbers are definitely definitely um, concerning. The infectivity rate there's a thing called RO or R um, is definitely higher than what we saw for Delta, so it is going to more likely more transmissible than Delta. The question is about, about severe, more severe disease. And I think those are things we need to need to find out over time. So again, a little bit of pause, take your time, read the data, know what's going on. If you have gotten vaccinated, great. If you haven't, you know, there's opportunities to do that. If you haven't gotten your booster, especially if you're in healthcare like me, you have to get your booster. I think, I feel that it's very important. It's going to be the one thing that will protect um, not only just with Omicron, but other variants that may potentially uh, uh, come about. I think the, the the higher your immune system is with a booster shot, I think you're you're more you're more likely to be um, to be protected. Is there anything positive that we can share with folks? <laughs> All of this sounds pretty scary. Yeah, I think it sounds doom and gloom, and I don't mean to sound that way. I don't want to because I said before I don't want to freak people out. A couple couple points. So a couple things that are that are um, that that have occurred since we since we initially planned this podcast, Marianne. A couple things. Um, well, first of all, we caught the virus early, right? So I can't stress enough how amazing it is that um, that uh, a lot of this has been been caught very, very quick. Um, and the scientists in South Africa have really worked hard to make sure that they're sharing as much data. Um, we do, um, <clears throat> if we do need another vaccine, um, there is word, or at least at least thought, at least at this point, that I know Pfizer and I'm sure Moderna is too, working on mRNA vaccines that have been modified to. Um, to uh, be effective against Omicron with those spike mutations. So this is the beauty of the mRNA vaccines. Now, some people may say, I don't want, a, I want, a, I don't want a third or fourth vaccine. Some people only want the third booster, right? And some people don't want another, another vaccine after they've already had three shots. But the, there is potential um, um, mRNA vaccines can really be done this pretty quickly. They can actually take the, the mRNA, they can sequence whatever the, the spike proteins are, and basically make a vaccine that, that produces an immune response to that individual variant. So that's really the beauty, I think, of these mRNA vaccines, although it's another shot for people and it's another you know, chance for people to potentially have side effects. But nonetheless, I think, I think that's, that's, that's encouraging. And in fact, today, just today, um, and again, this is, this is early December, um, there was some data presented by Pfizer, uh, at least some preliminary data on small, small numbers of patients that it looks like that your, if you had a booster shot of the, of the current Pfizer vaccine, that it may provide uh, some decent protection against Omicron. So I think we have to really kind of pause and kind of wait and see what actually happens, but, but know that these mRNA vaccines can actually be altered if they need to be. But more importantly, if you get um, a, a booster shot and that boosts your immune system, immune, immune response up dramatically, um, the, the basically what they're saying is in the small numbers of patients, the efficacy of the vaccine against Omicron after a booster is similar to a two-dose series of Pfizer against the original strain of the virus that we saw, um, you know, back in, back in, you know, late 2020 and early 2021. So again, boosters, you can't say enough about, well, you know, make sure you get a booster uh, and make sure, especially if you've had, again, just going to be honest, we didn't talk much about this, but if you've gotten Janssen, I think you really have to consider either, you know, if you want to get a second dose, fine, but you may consider that second dose being an mRNA vaccine, because I think you're going to get better, uh, better immune response from, from that. So again, those are all kind of my thoughts on it. It's not, it's not necessarily CDCs. 
So again, if we need another vaccine, we can do it. We can get the, we can get the vaccines out quickly. Um, and the question is availability versus administration, getting enough people to get it, I think is really the really, really the question. So again, just keep keep your eye out for Omicron, see what's going on. We're coming into the holiday season. It's um, you know, we've already gone through Thanksgiving. You know, we know that there's going to be people out. Um, I would actually recommend if it was me, I've been wearing a mask indoors. Again, some people may may disagree with me, but um, that's something that the, that some of our local health departments have asked us to do. So when even in going to restaurants, I wear a mask in. I obviously when I'm eating, I take the mask off, but I try to wear masks inside just to be just to be conscious of of. Um, I think for me, it's more conscious of people who are unvaccinated, because um, I certainly don't want them to get sick because of something that I've done or haven't done. Um, and I think that's a piece of it too. That's all definitely really good to hear. Um, any final thoughts as we begin to wrap up? Yeah. So here, here's, here's some final thoughts. I, I think um, there have been some travel bans, right? And I think that, that those are always controversial and that they're effective, but again, they're out there. Um, I think I would tell people as we've been telling people all the time, Mariana, every time we talk about COVID, you and I say the same thing. And we have these offline conversations about it too. Get people vaccinated and the people who in your family that are not vaccinated, make sure they get vaccinated. Really try to get people to get vaccinated. It's really the key. For those who aren't vaccinated, I would just say this. If you are listening to this and you're unvaccinated, I will say this. One thing we are, we're getting better at treating COVID. We know how to treat it. We know how to manage it. We kind of have a sense of when we should intubate people versus not intubating people. I think where we were um, even uh, you know, a year, a year and a half ago, we're, we're in a much better spot than, than uh, now than we were then as far as how to treat it. So if you do wind up having COVID, the monoclonal antibodies are available to people. They do work to keep people out of the hospital. But if you wind up in the hospital and you wind up sick, we're better off at, we're better at treating it now than we were before. But again, I can guarantee before they put a tube down you and they decide to intubate you, you're gonna wish you had the vaccine. And everybody across the board, I think we uniformly say that to, to anybody. But again, it's your choice. You get vaccine or not. But for me, I've gotten both and I've gotten the booster. Some of my family have gotten the booster. Some of them haven't. I think everybody's kind of on the fence. But transmissibility for Omicron, I think, is clear. I think it's clear um, uh, that it's probably going to be more transmissible based on some of the most recent data over the last couple of days. Severity of disease, this is really isn't clear yet. I think some people think that it's probably going to be a more mild disease. That's what some of the experts been saying uh, based on some of the information from South Africa. But again, I think we're on the fence about what that's going to mean. But I do think it is going to be more infectious or more likely to cause infection than, than Delta. Efficacy of the vaccine, this work is being done. Small numbers of patients, small data sets suggesting that the if you've gotten the booster shot, you, you may potentially be okay against Omicron with some of the vaccines. But again, it's very it's not very clear. Moderna had, was um, the, the CEO was on the other day concerned about uh, efficacy of the Moderna vaccine. But again, remember that any of the vaccines that we have, especially the mRNA ones, we can we can always uh, modify that for the for the for a new spike protein or a new protein that with, with multiple mutations that can be done pretty quickly. The widely used PCR tests, hopefully, and I think thankfully, I should say not hopefully, but thankfully, the PCR tests are continuing to detect infection. So it doesn't appear that we're missing people. Like if you get a PCR test that we're using for all the previous versions, you will actually get a positive test, even if you have Omicron. So that's actually helpful to know that our testing is working. And then I think current, current treatments of corticosteroids and the IL-6 receptor blockers, these are still gonna be effective against managing with COVID-19. I think the big question right now, at least in my mind, is will the monoclonal antibodies work? Um, so these are like the CASI and Devimab, and then the, um, so basically the Lillian and the Regeneron uh, products that we have available, are they effective against Omicron? I think that's going to be 
a big question. So we're going to need to need to know that um, pretty soon for, for patients, especially those who are either reinfected um, or um, who are breakthroughs or potentially people who are, who are unvaccinated. So the bottom line, we know it takes, we know what it takes to prevent the spread of COVID-19 prevention strategies, wear masks in public uh, uh, and in indoor settings, I think now too, especially in potations where, where there's substantial or high community transmission, washing your hands frequently, physically distancing other, everyone's everyone five years or older protect themselves from COVID by getting fully vaccinated and then get a COVID-19 vaccine booster. Um, if you're eligible. And in my mind, the definition of fully vaccinated is somebody with two vaccine, two mRNA vaccines plus a booster. That's fully vaccinated. So I, I think I think we are going to continue to have to pound that home to people. It's not just the two vaccines. You need the, the you need the third booster dose to say that you're fully vaccinated. And I think we're going to start hearing more about that in, in the in the future. Um, but again, a lot to unpack, but don't be freaked. Do the right thing, um, you know. And again, I think a lot of these mitigation measures, you know, the washing the hands. I think we've gotten a little bit lax on it um, because you know we we had vaccines and a lot of us are vaccinated, so we feel a little more comfortable about all these. You know, I didn't, you know, I'm not. Am I spending enough time washing my hands? Am I using enough hand sanitizer? All these things I think are um, have been kind of put on the back burner. I think in the, over the last couple of months because of because uh, because of, of our vaccine status. So that's pretty much it for today. Thanks. Thanks, Mariana, for uh, for letting me speak a little bit about Omicron. John, thank you so much for joining us and telling us as much as you can about this new variant of the coronavirus. It sounds like we are constantly learning more and, you know, we'll do our best to keep everyone updated on any new developments. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaatc.org. That's www.nikaatc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.